everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Your Fantasy? Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is MJ, of course. We got Scott. What's up, guys? We got Steve-O. What up? And our second guest for our podcast, Dave. Dave, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. All right. First off, second to the podcast, but first in your hearts. I know it. Arguably. R.I.P. Charlie. Hey, who's 3-0 and <laughs> in Fantasy Flash, so we got a little pressure on you this week, too. There's no pressure. The guests are just better at this than you guys are. It's it's that's easy, simple. Uh, what What is the introduction? I've already forgotten it. I'm so focused on give my MFKs and everything else. ASL, age sucks location. Give us a little oh, bit about your fantasy football history. Okay, well, I don't know how old I am. I think like 35 give or take a year (laughs) who cares after this point nobody keeps track i currently live in omaha i will be moving to denver soon i hope but the house is being built so it's gonna take a little bit of time and then my fantasy history i started fantasy in 2013 i didn't watch any nfl football before that i didn't like NFL football and I still don't like NFL football (laughs) after week 17, I stopped watching. Okay. And I spend a lot of time, effort, energy on fantasy and you'll be shocked to know I'm absolutely miserable at it. My overall record is like maybe 40%, maybe 400, not even close to 500. My wife likes to remind me all the time that she has the first championship for the family and she started two years after me. And that championship was over me. And so it's just. But you I still love it, so right? Much. I yeah. care so much. Yeah, you love it. And I'm so bad. But, oh, well, now I'm in a dynasty league with you guys. And I think I'm at least better than Scott. Probably, <laughs> probably better than MJ. And Steven sold the future for the present. So we'll see how it goes. Dave's coming on strong here. First of all, he is the commissioner, the lead commissioner of this dynasty league. Uh, and yeah, this year he might have a slightly better team. I've, I've now gone into the tank a little bit, uh, trying to sell for the future. So I'll give him this year, but we'll see what it looks like in a decade. I mean, I'm just impressed actually, Dave, you're the first, uh, I guess well, I'll say first guest to come out here and just smack talk that garners some respect. Setting the stage for the next hour. Yeah, well, which thank is, you. Yeah, which is exactly Scott, why, I mean, you are our commissioner, right? You have to have that authority, have the ability to assert that authority, huh? I'm a leader for the people, like Xi Jinping, <laughs> all right? A huh? leader for the people. And real quick for our listeners out there, uh, Dave and I actually met through the Air Force. Uh, Dave was one of my flight chiefs, uh, and uh, he is now flying for Southwest. So uh, next time you fly Southwest, if you have a hard landing, it's probably our boy Dave. I, no comment. I, I'm still new at this. All right, give me give the man a break. All right, well, Dave, I want to ask you uh, uh, one one follow up question is, and, and that question is, what do you tend to have a favorite draft strategy, or what do you kind of um, look forward to in in drafting? throughout your years is it consistent or are you i mean you ebb and flow with the times so i took a good hard look at my last 10 years of fantasy this year 
-hmm. And I was actually pretty depressed when I saw how bad I was. <laughs> and I, I was like, what am I doing? What is my draft strategy? Like, how am I starting off the year poorly? And I realized that my current draft strategy prior to this year was value picks. I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this guy dropped to the fourth round. I'm totally taking him, not taking into account my team. And so I'd end up with, sure, four great running backs, but can't start four. And one of them or two of them got passed over by a lot of people, and they were probably pretty bad, and they didn't do really a great job for my team. So this year I threw all that crap out the window. I said late-round quarterbacks are for chodes. I started drafting quarterbacks early. I took Mark Andrews. I took Kittle. I didn't take Kelsey. It sucks. But, and I went wide receiver with a hero running back strategy. And so far okay. this year, you know, I'm like 600. So it seems to be improving this year. Great. I bet that feels great. I, I mean, that's, that's always a great feeling when you, you actually see progress, right? Makes you feel like something's changing. Yeah, it's incredible. And I lord it over everybody who's below me in every league all right great well i need to ask you for our, for our first icebreaker of, of the week what is your favorite fantasy moment favorite no we talked about this it's memorable most memorable this is Excuse not me. a happy moment in my fantasy <laughs> career so i'll take you back uh -huh. it's 2017 it's christmas day i'm at home with my family and i'm in a league that punishes last place and i find myself in the last place game Aye. okay if i lose this game i have to wear this stupid pink shirt that says i suck at fantasy every saturday for a year and i have to send a picture of myself wearing it to the league and i just there's so many emotions on this day and it's getting close to the end i'm up by about four or five points and we're sitting there i think i was at my parents house still so we're still like eating christmas breakfast and my opponent has his last player playing and it's the philadelphia defense and i'm up by four or five points with a minute left in the game and i start to breathe easy i'm like all right i got this i got this Your philadelphia just needs to win the game they're already up if they win the game, they go to the playoffs. There's no threat to me, right? They're on defense, sure, but they're not going to do anything. All they need to do is get the ball back. Game's over. They win. And the players on the Philadelphia defense, you know, I don't think they're very good at football. And so they picked off the ball on about the 30-yard line, and I see it happen, and I'm just like, no. No. And this guy just bolts straight to the end zone instead of going down. He should have went down and just huddled the ball like it was a newborn baby. But he ran it back to the end zone and got a touchdown. And that touchdown took me from up five to down two. And I lost. And it was the start of two years of me being the worst in that league. And I had to wear the freaking shirt for two years. It's brutal. Painful. So, that is the moment I'll never forget when the Philadelphia defense was too bad at football and ran the ball back. 
And talk about players not going down to win the game for their teams. Uh, circa 2022, Nick Chubb, week two, his extra six points cost me a victory. So I feel your pain with that, Dave. Uh, I'll, I'll take mine next. Mine's a happy memory. So the following year, uh, this would have been around Christmas of 2018, probably not exactly Christmas Day, but uh, I was in my first championship, and it happened to be against MJ. And uh, so things things are looking good. Uh, I had Pat Mahomes on my team, um, but the thing was, I was at uh, my now wife that at the time girlfriend's family's house for the holiday. And uh, we weren't even engaged yet. In fact, I was going to ask her parents on Christmas Day for their hand and then propose the next month. But I'm over here trying to spend time with the family, but also on my phone, keeping up to date because it's the championship. Uh, and I, I I did the best I could to you know, stay in the moment with the family. But man, was my focus on the championship. I ended up beating MJ. I uh, don't remember the exact margin, but... Um, yeah, I'll just always remember that because yeah, most of the time I try to watch the games and it was so hard for me not being able to watch the games while in the championship. Steven, what you got? It was a cold December night, December 28th, 2020. Foxborough, Massachusetts, Buffalo Bills versus the New England Patriots. Burr. I obviously was not there. I was sitting in the comfort of my own home, but I was in the fantasy championship. It was a crazy game. I had Stefan Diggs on my team. I think I was down close to 40 points. Stefan Diggs had 145 yards and three touchdowns. And I came within point three eight points of beating MJ in the championship game, but I still came up with the L. So not the most beautiful memory, but as far as just exhilarating excitement to have Stefan Diggs just blowing up, finish with 37 points even and bring me to the brink of championship. It was uh, it was pretty incredible. Even though I I took the L home, you know that's funny because my favorite moment is the uh, instead of the anguish of your defeat, it was the sweet sweet taste of victory on my side due to Kamara's fifty bomb. Holy smokes! In which the rest of my team literally shit the bed. Um, man, oh, what a great memory! And I hope you guys all enjoyed our favorite fantasy moments uh, through the years um we're gonna go ahead scoot over to our week six recap and instead of covering all the games this week we're gonna cover some pretty big highlight games uh, first of which is the jets versus pa uh, uh, packers the green bay packers uh in which the jets won 27 to 10 i mean Dave, what are your initial thoughts on this? I mean, do you think Brees Hall is the real deal? So my initial thoughts, and it's a little bit, you know, discriminatory against the Jets, but I feel like the Packers maybe shouldn't have traded away Devontae Adams. Mm. Maybe he did something for that offense that they 
did not replace with their two rookies. Mm. So, yeah, I love Brees Hall. I love the Jets offense. I love all the young guns. You know, their average team age is like 22 and a half. I, I love the Jets and what they're doing right now. But this specific game, it's just like, bro, Rodgers is still playing the same level that he's always played. And his wide receivers are just not open. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? I mean, I, I totally agree. But um, why do you think they they aren't rushing it, though? I mean, they have two all-star caliber players in Dylan and Jones. I mean, are, aren't they? Do you guys have the numbers? I thought they had like 10 20, attempts, 25 Dylan, attempts. Nine for uh, for Jones. Okay, 19, 19 attempts on a day when they probably had 65 offensive plays. So, yeah, maybe they're a little short. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball because he's still dropping dimes. Like if you watch him play, yeah, absolutely. he's putting the ball where it has to be. And it's kind of, it's impressive in its own way. Right. Uh, yeah, I think, boss. I think the second, like what, what Dave's saying, what, maybe what he's trying to get at, uh, the green Bay Packers identity is built on Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. Like the team is built around him. So their identity is not rushing the football. And I think maybe they're trying to do that more because Rodgers doesn't have the weapons around him, but it's, it's just not working out for them. And, and the, the Packers aren't getting it done. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, just interesting. I, I, I just expected them to be a little bit more sharp. And man, that whole division is 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 interesting. I mean, I guess the NFC in general has been really impressing us more than the kind of, I don't know, garb, clown fiesta that the AFC has been, right? Broncos and a, a cup, Raiders, a couple of other teams just letting us down. Um, speaking of the AFC, we got the, well, this is the AFC, right? Jacksonville versus in, uh, Indianapolis. Yep, AFC <laughs> yeah, South. AFC South. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> hey, it's a little late. We're framing a little late, excuse me. But uh, Indianapolis coming up with a W, uh, 34-27, like I said. Matt Ryan actually looking pretty decent this week. I mean, his line actually did step up for him. Uh, Pity City with 13 receptions for 134 yards. Yeah. And Deion Jackson coming up I, I believe he was the waiver wire pick of the week right uh, um gosh i mean after ryan has been just looking rough the past couple of games i mean how have you felt over you know because you you have a share of uh pity city over in our dynasty league dave oh man i feel so special i'm getting all the questions tonight so <laughs> the colts are the most confusing team in the nfl they beat kansas city they mm -hmm. just dominated or not dominated but they beat the jags the jags were kind of looking hot and then they tied Houston and they probably should have lost to Houston. And so it's like, what exactly is going on? Cause this team has been built for a championship and missing a quarterback for about four or five years. Mm -hmm. And Ryan's the great hope. We all thought, oh, I thought he was going to be the kind of, you know, game changer. You got Pittman, Alec Pierce is looking good. You have three green giants as tight end. They're all like six, nine, and 330 pounds. And so I, I don't know why this offense isn't working. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's been hurt, but uh, it, dude, it's just, it's confusing. It's confusing when you tie the Texans and then beat Kansas City. Well, adding on, yeah, yeah sorry, adding on to what uh, Dave is saying there, uh, not only did they beat the 
this week. The shut them out in week two, right? Uh, so yeah. from getting completely shut out to then beating them by seven, um, I think Dave hit the nail on the head by saying they are the most confusing team in the NFL right now. Uh, I will say for like the JT owners out there with Deion Jackson's stat line, 12 rushes, 42 yards, a rushing touchdown, 10 targets, 10 receptions, 79 yards. I think that's good news for Jonathan Taylor owners. Uh, Cause if Deion Jackson can do that, Jonathan Taylor definitely can do that. Um, I'm, I'm feeling good uh, about Jonathan Taylor making a healthy return. Um, I also want to say that I was wrong last week. I was wrong uh, by jumping off the huh. Pittman hype train. I, I can admit when I'm wrong. Uh, Pittman looked excellent uh, this past week. Uh, 19.9 fancy points and half point PPR um, without a touchdown. So uh, Pittman's back. Uh, and not only was I wrong, uh, I actually went out and traded for him in one league and I have him now. So uh apologize for anybody that took my advice and jumped off the Pittman hype train last week. So, you know, Scott, I have a question for you. Every team that I see right now with Jonathan Taylor on it is struggling because he hasn't really showed up. He was 101, 102. Those teams generally are below 500. What do you tell the fantasy owner who has JT right now? Do you tell him to ship JT off and, and kind of shake things up? Or do you tell him to hold strong? Like I personally, I think hold strong, but I, what do you think? So that's, that's an excellent question, Dave. Uh, and I am a JT owner in my worst, uh, league by record. I'm two and four, uh, with a team with JT. And if you look at the squad, it, it shouldn't be a two and four team. It should be undefeated. But, um, JT, <laughs> obviously, uh, you either drafted him 1.01 or, in this case, it was an auction draft, so I paid the most money for him of any player. Um, he should be leading your team. He should be getting you a solid 20 points a week, and it, it, he did that week one and hasn't since. He, yeah, he's been injured the last two weeks, but uh, the few weeks before that were not great. Um, so to answer your question, I would say hold steady. Um, he's come back from injury now. We just saw what Deion Jackson did. Uh, mm -hmm. Give JT at least another two weeks. Um see what he can do. I, I would not ship him at this point, but you're also getting to the point where if you don't make a move now and you're thinking about it, you are going to be selling low instead of selling, you know, at value. Yeah. Great points all around. Um, everybody. And of course we're going to go ahead, move on to, I, what I say was the best game of the week, Buffalo versus Kansas city. I mean, I, what the, I think to be the, two best quarterbacks in the NFL currently Josh young Joshua Allen and Patrick Mahomes just slinging it out this weekend I mean it was it was fireworks fireworks I mean um Stephen what who was your standout of the game standout of the game probably I mean, Josh Allen's an easy answer, but I mean, he mm -hmm. slow and, and that's okay. Hey, race. that's okay. I mean, that's okay. Um, what what, what this, about his game? Send that to you. This yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely a lot lower scoring than everyone expected. It was more of jabs back and forth. Um, I don't think really like any major 
mistakes. But, I mean, yeah, Josh Allen had 329 yards, three touchdowns, didn't make any mistakes. Again, he just kind of – he kept his team going. He drove that team, Mm -hmm. and it was extremely impressive. Um, Again, like, yeah, I I completely agree that these are, you know, your two best quarterbacks and probably two best teams in the entire league. And I wish this could be a Super Bowl, but at least hoping that it's going to be the AFC Championship game. But – these teams, uh, these teams got it all. Um, I'm still impressed that the Chiefs are moving like they are without Tyreek Hill as their uh, number one receiver. But again, that just speaks to Mahomes. Um, he did have two interceptions in this game, and yet they still only lost by four points. Yeah, He's finding a way to hit all these different receivers. Shout out to Juju Smith-Schuster. He's definitely. Um, honorable mention as far as players I want to shout out in this game. He had 113 yards and one touchdown. I think if, you know, Mahomes said at the beginning of the season, there's going to be a different guy each week, but Juju has seemed to be the most consistent of the wide receivers. So I'm, I'm keeping a lookout for him. I think he could provide week to week flex value. So let's wait and see, but, uh, but yeah, great game. Okay, great. Um, Scott, this question for you, you know, with how great Clyde Edwards Hilaire has looked at the beginning of the year, I mean, he started out with uh, half point PPR points, 20 points, 14, 12, 21, uh, the past two games, he's put out numbers of only five points and 3.3 points. Um, did you like, let's say you were, were an owner, would you be a little bit worried here? Do you feel like you would have missed out on a great time to sell? Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, I was low on CEH coming into the year. Um, he, he shot out the cannon, uh, first four weeks, great production, 20 fancy points, 14 fancy points, 12 fancy points, 22 fancy points. Um, you know, for someone that you were drafting in probably the seventh or eighth round, that's awesome. But the last two weeks has definitely looked more like the CEH that at least I expected. Um, I would not feel comfortable starting him this week. Um, and if he has another dud week, uh, yeah, I think he's gonna be right on the bench for most people moving forward. Um, I, I would say if I was a CEH owner week five, when you saw that five point game would have been when I would have tried to sell. Cause I don't know. I, th- I think the, the roller coaster is going down hill and it's not coming back up. All right. This is why I wanted to be on the podcast. All right. I've listened to Scott and his takes. For all the weeks, was it there are a thousand weeks, <laughs> and I just disagree with them, right? I think in the off season, Ceh was one of those running backs where you knew you were getting him low in the draft. He was ADP of sixty six according to Fantasy Pros. I just did a little background check, sixty six, right? That's a seventh round pick, so you're not paying anything for him. He's cheap, right? And his production has been RB two, RB two, RB two, RB two, RB two, and so. One of the things that the Chiefs did that other teams maybe didn't do in the offseason was they didn't hype anybody up. There was never a question. It's Clyde's backfield. And yeah, they use everybody, right? He doesn't he doesn't get it to himself, but you don't need to sell him. You didn't pay very much for him. Mm-hmm. And so take the production, right? We got bye weeks coming up. You he's not he's a flex at best on your team. Nobody has him where they have to start him. And so accept that production. And just hold on to him. I would keep Clyde for the rest of the year. I have him in three or four teams. He was dirt cheap. 
RB1, no contest for his own team. So I would say if you're a Clyde owner, hold the line and enjoy your 12 points a week. Bask in it. Okay? You're not throwing in Tony Pollard for four. But to, to counter you, Dave, I think for me, at least out of the first four weeks, you probably could have bought something pretty nice from CEH, depending on what your team needs were. You probably could have gone out and gotten a decent wide receiver two, maybe borderline wide receiver one for him, depending on what the other person had uh, at running back and wide receiver. Um, and now you can't count on 12 points a week. He's just shown two weeks in a row that his ceiling was five for the last two weeks. So uh, I'm not counting on him getting me 12 points a week. I think 10 would be beautiful, but I, I don't see that being a consistent floor for him or ceiling. I mean, I don't have an argument to that. He had two bad <laughs> weeks. Uh, the, the fantasy community thought before the season that he wasn't going to do much. So I'm just enjoying the ride with Clyde. Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. This is why uh, we have Dave on here this week. Um, of course, I'm actually going to let Scott take this one um, just because it's about his good old blue and white silver cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Scott, what did you think about this game? So uh, the Eagles definitely gave us a spanking there uh, at the beginning. Uh, they were up 20 nothing. Um, the Cowboys dug dug their heels in the ground and got back into it. The defense definitely got them back into the game. I, I'm still super hyped on this defense. Um, yeah, the uh, Eagles' loss was their right tackle, and so Micah Parsons was just destroying the backup from that point on. But still, uh, the defense looked great. Um, you know, still held the Eagles to a very low point total for how good of an offense they've been. Um, you know, after the first few weeks. I think the writing was kind of on the wall that the Eagles are the favorite in this division, especially with Dak being out. Although Cooper Rush has been really good. You know, he, he won four out of five games as a starter, but still um, I think the Cowboys are, are very easily a wild card team at this point. Uh, and I, I wouldn't put them, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't put it out of their own possibility of them beating the Eagles at home uh, when it's, when it's their turn at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, the end of the game was 26-17, right? And that was without Dak Prescott. I mean, you're feasibly getting him next week, right? I mean, how what biggest step or what kind of step will they take with Dak back, uh, coming back in as a quarterback? Well, I talked about this a little bit last week. I think yeah. if the Cowboys learn their lesson with Cooper Rush and realize that Dak just needs to manage the game mm -hmm. and, and not try and do too much, I think the Cowboys can go places. I, I seriously think they can. Uh, the The difference that Dak gives you that I don't think Cooper Rush does so much is that Dak still has a little bit of a threat with his legs. Like if he needs to scramble out of the pocket, he can make something work out of the pocket, not necessarily need to throw the ball away. Uh, it's just, you know, when he tries to force the ball downfield into like double or triple coverage, that's when he gets into trouble. Okay. So how interesting is this? On a week when the NFL comes out and says – we think our sport is popular because of quarterbacks and we're going to protect them. The Dallas Cowboys defense is almost good enough to overcome the last undefeated team. They're, like what it, It's kind of a weird dynamic where you have these defenses that are actually dominant. And I, I find that fun to watch. I don't know about you guys, but watching a defense really go against a good offense. The Philadelphia offense is a good, fun to watch offense. Mm -hmm. 
and kind of pick them apart. Like they basically played their whole game plan off Micah Parsons. Philadelphia had to address that. And if they didn't, they would, they would not have won the game. Yeah. I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I'm a huge, huge fan of Micah Parsons. Like he's so fun to watch. Uh, never had a defensive player's Jersey, but definitely thinking about getting a Micah Parsons Jersey. Um, dude is just amazing. He can play anywhere on the defense that you put him and he's, he's a matchup nightmare for offenses and offensive lines. Like man, Micah Parsons is on another level. He really is. Well, great job, you guys, especially in our recap, we're going to go ahead, scoot back onto the fun train. Who's going to lead our flex dungeon section for the week. Steve, what you got? All right, guys. Yeah, we're going to, Talk about players who we want to plug into that flex spot in our lineups this week. Uh, specifically, we're looking at players ranked in the 21 to 35 range on ESPN. And again, players that, you know, one that we want to plug into that flex position and one that we definitely are not so keen on doing so. So I'll go ahead and start for me, Rondell Moore, who I'm bringing into the flex dungeon. We all know, unfortunately, that. Marquise Hollywood Brown out with an injury for an indefinite period of time, I think up to maybe six to eight weeks. Um, D hop is coming back this week, but I think Rondell Morris established a really good rapport with Kyler Murray. I think he's solidified himself as the number two in that lineup. And again, I think just with D hop, this being his first game back, I think Rondell Moore may be the focused on the wide receiver side. Yes. Robbie Anderson was traded this week to the Cardinals, but I expect him to not have much of a share of this offense in his first week. So give me Rondell Moore in that flex position. I'm hoping to see him have a good name tomorrow night against the Bears. Um, who I am kicking out of my flex dungeon is CEH Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, unfortunately, Dave, I'm somewhat siding with Scott here and I just don't really foresee a path for success at least especially this week he's going against the san francisco 49ers defense stout against the run um you know even though they got their butts kicked last week by the falcons they still pretty much kept the run run game in uh like i said in hand so um i don't expect the chiefs to be able to uh to to, to stop uh Sorry, I don't expect the the uh, yeah the Chiefs to to go through the run game with Ceh. I just expect Mahomes to do his magic and go through Kelsey and the wide receiver. So I'm gonna leave Ceh out of my flex dungeon. Scott, what do you have for me this week? I am bringing Brian Robinson Jr. into my flex dungeon. Uh, last week against the Bears, uh, first really full week playing uh 17 rush attempts 60 yards and a rushing touchdown uh i think he's the clear number one now for washington even though it's still running back by committee i know uh ron rivera mentioned they were going to try and get antonio gibson more touches uh as coaches talk to me and maybe it's more touches on special teams because uh b rob is better than antonio gibson period dot um so yeah, if you got B Rob and uh and and your options are slim, feel comfortable putting in your flex this week. 
the guy that I am leaving out of my flex dungeon is Melvin Gordon. Speaking of coach talk, apparently Melvin Gordon sat down with Hackett this week and they ironed out, you know, what happened on Monday night and why he was only in there for like the first drive and then kind of rode the bench. Um, and now he's going to be the starter again this week. I'm not buying it. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon is, is washed up. I know we had the MFK a few weeks ago where uh, we brought in Latavius Murray, uh, Melvin Gordon, and Michael Boone. And uh, Melvin Gordon was my kill, and I, st- I still believe that. Latavius Murray was the better back Monday night. He was my Mary, and I I think I was right then. I think I'm still right. Latavius Murray is the best back in that in that offense. Michael Boone's going to be the guy that gets the passing down work uh, in some of the goal, goal line totes. And uh, I think I think Melvin Gordon is done, um, you know, uh, Hackett can say whatever he wants and, you know, they can mend whatever issues they had or that he was having on the sideline. Uh, I'm not buying it and I'm out on Melvin Gordon this week. MJ. Uh, great, great stuff, Scott. I'm going to have to go with, well, bringing into my flex dungeon is going to be Tony Pollard. Uh, I believe the Cowboys are facing the good old Detroit lions and their 32nd ranked defense. Wow, wow, wow. They're averaging, I believe they're averaging, allowing over 167.6 rush yards a game and these huge plays, which I think Pollard's just going to be able to break through the line, get these big chunk plays. And as the Cowboys, as we've seen in the past this season, they've, they're going to give them the rock and give them that touchdown after earning that big chunk of yard, Detroit. Um, person who I'm keeping out of my flex dungeon is going to be Michael Carter. I think Brees the past two weeks has just been his complete ascension into the dynasty RB number one. Um, he, gosh, I mean, he went from around about 60% snap percentage all the way down to 40, well, only 49, but six attempts compared to Brees Hall's 20 this past game. Um, I'm just fading Carter because Brees is just completely taking over this backfield. Steven, what you got? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Man, boys, I love the ins. And you obviously know how I feel about the outs. Uh, <laughs> for my flexual dungeon, I'm going to bring in the Green Bay Packers' Alan Lazar. Here's why. What we know. Aaron Rodgers has not lost his touch. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And, you know, this isn't the wide receiver one dungeon. This is the flexual dungeon, okay? We only are looking for just double-digit points, consistency. And, you know, Lazard is the number one there. He's got – he's played five weeks so far. He's got four touchdowns. He's got plenty of attention, and they're scheming him in. I – Bring in Lazard. If you have him, congratulations. Keep him on your team and keep playing him. And then to leave the dungeon, I'm actually kind of following in the uh, footsteps of MJ. We have another running back handing the baton over, right? James Robinson, you have been amazing for an undrafted free agent. Great pick. Fantasy has loved you. You've been phenomenal for a couple of years. And all the value, I don't want this to take away from you, but guess what? ETN is actually a really good running back. And he's back from the list, Frank. He is looking good. I think the baton's already handed. I know the touches, I think last week, 
Maybe Robinson had one or two more touches, but at this point, it's time to put away your James Robinson and pull out your ETN and play with your new toy. Yeah, ETN has been looking excellent. Um, geez, great picks. Stephen, uh, anything to wrap up? I love the picks, Dave. Way to come in with a bang. I definitely agree that uh, I, I I still am holding out some hope that Robinson can hold out at least a 40% share of, of the run game, but uh agree that uh, I think it's ETN's time to shine. And Alan Lazard, he's he's got to be the guy right now. It's the guy that Rodgers trusts the most. So, All right, guys, love the picks. Let's move on to on the clock. Scott, what, what do we have? All right, I got a question for each of you, and there's kind of a theme here. So – it's all running backs that you own in one of the leagues, either our dynasty league that we're all in or the redraft league that Steven MJ and I are in. Uh, and they're also running backs that I currently own or should hopefully own by the end of the week through a trade. Uh, I'll start with Whoa. MJ. I'll start with MJ. So Ramondre Stevenson has been a fantasy star the past two weeks with Harris being out in week six and leaving early in week five with an injury. When Harris returns healthy, Will the Patriots' backfield either A, remain Stevenson's, B, be a true running back by committee, or C, be given back to Harris primarily, and how much of an impact does Harris make on Stevenson's fantasy value? And I'm going to give you 45 seconds here because that's a a lot to tackle. Great. So I'm going to go ahead and say that He's definitely going to eat in a little bit into Ramondre's um, time and his shares. Okay, but what I'm going to say is Belichick's been saying excellent things about Ramondre week after week after week. And we have seen him use backs uh, with a large timeshare. I mean, uh, first one that comes up to mind, LeGarrette Blunt, who is one of my comparisons of Ramondre. Uh, Sony Michelle, a little bit. Um, and, and other players in the past, I mean, of course, it's been... RBC, I really think Ramondre will just completely phase out Harris here. And I I mean, like I said, I have him as RB12. And I'm going to keep him there. All right. Right at about 45 seconds there. We'll move on to Steven. Najee Harris was drafted by most to be the running back one on their fantasy team. He has sadly become a touchdown dependent running back two slash flex play. Do you still feel comfortable starting him every week? If so, what gives you that confidence? If not, who could you possibly trade him for in a redraft league? I mean, I think this definitely depends on the context of your team. If you're asking me specifically, I am comfortable sitting him on my bench because I have other running backs that I can play and or wide receivers in the flex position. So right now he is riding my bench. With that said, I think he's still got a decent floor. I think you could still trade him easily for a wide receiver too. That might be the minimum or sorry, the maximum at this point, but I think he still has pretty significant trade value. All right. That was right at 30 seconds. We'll move on to Dave. Now Alvin Kamara has missed two games due to injury this season, weeks two and four. 
In the two games Alvin Kamara played with Jameis Winston so far this season, weeks one and three, he scored 6.1 and 6.3 total fantasy points, respectively. In the two games Kamara has played with Andy Dalton under center, weeks five and six, he scored 20.4 and 15.4 fantasy points, respectively, both of those half-point PPR values. Does Winston have a negative impact on Kamara's fantasy performance, and should Kamara owners be concerned when he returns from injury? All right, so you don't need to worry about Alvin Kamara. We have seen enough from him to know that he's going to be elite. He's going to get his touches. He's going to get 15 to 20 a game, even with famous Jameis, okay? he's He still beats up on defenses like he did on that one weird dude at the Pro Bowl, all right? So let's go, Alvin Kamara. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He is still elite. All right. Also right on time. Cool. That concludes on the clock. We will move over to MFK now with MJ. Okay, great. I'm going to ride off a little bit of the curtails of trades that happened over this weekend. And I'm going to start out with some low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver twos. That's going to be T. Higgins, the ascendant, hopefully back to form, Amon Ra, the sun god, St. Brown. And maybe a little easy to kill, but Keenan Allen, who's been injured. Now, I I want this, I, I want to say this. I, d- I don't want you to hold back on Keenan Allen uh, on the injury, but we all know what kind of player he is. So when he comes back to form, I, I want this kind of be in a vacuum. Yeah, so Steven, what do you think? You know what? I ain't scared. I'm going to marry my guy, Keenan Allen, who's been riding my bench for weeks to come. But again, we're talking all things aside, injury. He's healthy from there in a vacuum. No one on the Chargers has taken the wide receiver on roll. Yes, Mike Williams has, I think, had the majority of targets and has had some big games, but mm-hmm. no one has ran away with it. Keenan Allen is the one wide receiver one in Los Angeles, and I think he's going to dominate shares from Justin Herbert. So I am marrying Keenan Allen. I think he has the safest floor. Give me him. I'm going to fill trades for Amon Rod St. Brown. I think that he has the highest ceiling of the group, but I think his floor is a little bit lower than Keenan Allen. And because of that, I'm going to fill trades for him. And that leaves me with killing T. Higgins. Um, I I don't know. I think we saw last week that Jamar Chase is the focal point of that offense, and I think that's what we're going to see for weeks to come. The T. Higgins has unbelievable talent, and he's great, but I definitely think without a question he has the lowest floor of the three and uh, don't think he has higher ceiling than the other two guys, so I'm going to kill Higgins. Okay, I will follow up with that because my answer is <laughs> completely different. Uh, we'll start with my Mary, which is uh, Amaran St. Brown. Uh, I agree with Steven that he has a really high ceiling um, and he can have a low floor, but his low floor this year is because he's been dealing with an injury. I think back to true form, Amon Ross St. Brown is head and shoulders above the other two. I'm not worried about Jamison Williams coming back and taking uh, receptions away from him. Uh, he is uh, 
Goff's favorite target. He's his, you know, safety valve. Um, I don't know. I, I love what he's done so far this year, and I'm going to marry ASB. Uh, I will fill trades as I actually did in Dynasty uh, for T. Higgins. Um, yes, I agree. Jamar Chase is the number one in that offense. He's Joe Burrow's favorite target, but Higgins is still an elite player. Um, yeah, and I, I'm killing Keenan Allen. He's been dealing with this injury. I feel like he he deals with injuries every year. Maybe maybe not. Maybe he's had some solid years. But I, I don't know why. I just always get the heebie-jeebies about Keenan Allen. I know he's a solid player, and he's he's you know he's won some games for people. But uh, I'm I'm killing Keenan Allen, and I think the number one wide receiver in LA is Austin Eckler, the running back. So mm. uh, if you're if you're looking for a number one wide receiver in LA, it's Field, Austin Eckler. It's only because Allen hasn't been there. Also, let's make a side bet. Oh, here assuming we go. Injuries aside, assuming he does not get injured again and is out multiple weeks, I bet that Keenan Allen has more fantasy points next week, this week, going forward, rest of the season than T. Higgins. Okay. Uh, neither one of them have had their bye yet. Uh, I will take that bet. T. Higgins will have more fantasy points starting this week, week seven, than Keenan Allen rest of the season. Can I get in on that? Because I would love to take the Keenan Allen side. I would Absolutely. love to. Join the train, Dave. Side bet number six, right now. On down. train. <laughs> All right, Dave, what you got? All right, so this one, you know, it's kind of it's tough because I actually love all three of these receivers. Absolutely. Uh, Keenan Allen's been a stud for years, right? Higgins, Amon Ra, both up and comers, both looking great on the field. So how I'm going to manage my team. I don't think I can get good value for Amon Ra anywhere, but my own team. So I'm, I'm marrying Amon Ra. And then, you know, the Lions have also basically decided to play fantasy football where they only invest in the offense and don't worry about the defense so much. So they're always down, which great for a wide receiver. So Amon Ra, come on home with me. Let's go. The next one. So who do I kill? Who do I field? Right. And it's actually going to depend on who I'm, I'm working with. If I'm working with a more savvy fantasy player, I'm going to try to field Higgins because I think Higgins is the guy. I do. Even yeah, I'm still taking the side of the bet that Steven took, but I think Higgins is going to be the guy you want to feel to the more savvy fantasy football player. If you're working with the old guy, the old head, oh, I don't draft rookies, rookies are dumb, whatever, you know, or I don't like second year players, then you want to push Keenan Allen. So it's really going to depend on who I'm dealing with. If I'm going to field Higgins or field Keenan Allen, and then obviously the other one's just my, you know, throwaway. It sucks because I'd rather just have all three of these on my team. And then Absolutely. I could start Tony Pollard and I don't know what other CEH. And I'd probably be a winning team. Great points all around, Dave. Um, and Scott and Steven. I mean, gosh, all great players. I just recently acquired Higgins. What hopefully maybe ASB in uh, in a couple of weeks here. I don't know, but I will absolutely have to marry ASB. I think due to the lions defense or it's going to be a competitive game, whether they like it or not, they're going to have to throw. 
and their team overall is just explosive and asb is one of the core pieces of that explosive offense uh, with all that volume uh he's dynamic we've seen him start rushing before he you know his injuries so definitely a mary there i'm gonna have to field trades actually for for allen here mainly because in a vacuum i do think he gets tremendous volume and i think he if you see it yes eckler's getting all that volume now and i just think it's because allen's not there and i think they'll he's just going to start eating up those those targets i mean i think even the game he got injured he had f five targets before anyone else even received one i mean it was insane so that does tend to have me killing higgins and higgins has a bright future like i said i just acquired him in dynasty and i can't wait to see what he does but i would absolutely have asb and allen above him um who do we got next i'll go ahead and take it guys i got three players for you that all have big d's to start their <laughs> first name we got dk metcalf deandre oh. hopkins and david montgomery Three big D's. Who do you guys have? Hmm. Dave, do you want to kick us off? I, I can, but I'm not happy about it. All right, let's start at the top. All right, kill. Because Monty, I'm done with. I don't care about the yeah. volume. Khalil Herbert should be the starter. I, I'm sorry, man. I, I liked you as a rookie. Your second year was great. What are you, three or four now? And I'm just, I'm over it. I'd rather see Khalil play. So that's easy. Now the Marion Field. They're both scary, right? Because you either go with the Geno Smith DK, who's the better talent, or you go with the Kyler and Mer. They are Kyler and Dehop. And so I'm just like, you know, I think if it's me, I'm going to marry DK and kind of expect Seattle to be struggling in games and maybe need a little more explosiveness. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to feel D-hop, even though, man, I will never forget that game. I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, uh, Arizona versus uh, the Bills, where Diggs is like, that's why you pay me or whatever. And then 30 seconds later, D-hop in triple coverage pulls the ball down for a touchdown to win the game. Love D-Hop, but I am going to field him with this group because, yeah, great picks. Tough, tough choice. Big D's, what can we say? MJ, who do you got? Uh, listen, yeah, easy peasy. I actually completely, completely agree with Dave here. Montgomery, I just feel like Herbert really is. It's this, yeah, look, it's it's one of those years where players are just ascending. These, these young developing players are really taking a solid role in their systems and i think herbert just is that player and i think he's going to be starting taking a lot of these touches away from montgomery um so he's going to be my kill mary of course dk still freak of an athlete you give him a chance he gives balls his way i mean he's gonna nothing's gonna stop him hey nothing's gonna, you can't stop a train so and i'm gonna have to feel hopkins who's gonna come back and i think he's well i don't think I know he's going to make an immediate impact and he's going to take all this volume, especially with Hollywood Brown out. So going to be fielding trades of players who uh, really want that volume. I mean, he has been doing PEDs, so he's probably going to be better when he comes back. Very true. <laughs> P 
PEDs. Uh, he served a suspension. So, I mean. <laughs> All right, Scott, are you going to keep it consistent? I am going to differ it a little, but before I do that, I, I think there was a missed opportunity here with uh, choices and names. Uh, yes, all their names start with a D, but you could have gone with a third wide receiver whose name also starts with actual D, like DK, DeAndre. You could have gone with Debo Samuel and had three wide receivers. But with the three you gave us, I'm also killing David Montgomery. Uh, I'm going to differ though, and I'm going to fill trades with DK Metcalf. I definitely think he is the better uh, athlete. Um, but I think DeAndre Hopkins is the better wide receiver. I think he is Murray's favorite target. Yes, he's coming back from a six-game suspension, but I think he's going to go right back into the mix of things. And he gets a plus-up with Hollywood Brown being injured for at least a month. Uh, I think he's going to immediately fill that void and be the go-to. Um, so I, I've got to marry DeAndre here, guys. Steven? I... I'm going to marry DeAndre Hopkins as well. Hmm. Wow. As Dave alluded to, dude's got hands. Maybe not the best hands in the game anymore, but it's still up there. Incredible wide receiver with Hollywood Brown going out. I think he's about to blast off, and I think the Cardinals may start to start to do some damage. So I'm going to hatch on to the DeAndre Hopkins ride and uh and keep going with him i'm gonna fill trades for david montgomery stop giving me this blasphemy about khalil herbert stop trying to make yeah. it happen the bears yeah. want david montgomery to be the guy he is the guy and if the bears had any sense of an offense he would be <laughs> running away with this so i'm going to fill trades for david montgomery because i still think he has a great floor and can have some pretty pop-off games. And that leaves me with killing DK, who, man, what a guy. But, uh, again, incredible athlete, but I think it's just uh, I, the, the offense. I know that they've exceeded expectations, but I still think that he has probably the lo lowest floor of the group. So What I'm is wrong with you? Have to kill DK. Sadly. You know what? I feel like... I feel like after Steven talked, it's like that scene uh, from Billy Madison where it's like, you're all now dumber for having heard this, right? <laughs> who's going who's gonna to pay you for David Montgomery? Nobody wants what him you on just said He's makes absolutely good. no sense. We are all now yes. dumber for having listened to it. Yeah, that's a great, uh, great little clip there, Dave, that you brought up. Uh, we'll move into my MFK. Um, I picked three tight ends this week, and they happen to be the three tight ends between 50 and 60 total fantasy points and half-point PPR so far this year. So they are Hawkinson, Goddard, and Njoku. MFK. Do you have a preference who goes first? Because, I mean... Unlike some of the previous ones, I'm like, all of these guys are gross. So I can just jump in and just, it's a throwaway, honestly. These are like tight end threes. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kill uh, Hawkinson. No offense, man. You, you, you're good. You're not good. I don't really know how to play you. You're a tight end, okay. Uh, I'm going to marry Njoku because I think, you know, maybe it'll go up when Watson comes back. I, I, I don't really know. 
And then I'll field trades for Goddard just because he's probably got the name recognition. He's on the good team. Maybe I can get like a defense for him. Maybe. I am going to marry Dallas Goddard. I'm taking the one of the better offenses in the game right now. One of the better quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts. So give me Dallas Goddard to have a lot of targets from Hurts and Eagles are going to be up big pretty consistently. I'm going to build trades for David Njoku. Um, you know, I think he's the, the talent's been talked about for a while now and he's finally getting pretty consistent looks from Jacoby Brissett and uh, only expect that to continue whenever Deshaun Watson comes on board. So I, uh, I only expect the production to go up from there. And so, yeah, sadly got to kill Hawkinson, obviously great hair, great talent, but uh, again, it's just, uh, I think he's just not going to have uh, a, a low enough floor, which is really literally all you want in a tight end to have a, sorry, a, a high floor, um, a decent floor. And uh, like I said, I think you're just going to have a lot of boom bust games with Hawkinson, so I'm not to kill him. MJ? You know, Steve, Stevenson, before you, before we jump to MJ, I just want to throw this out there. You know, you mentioning Hawkinson's golden locks or whatever he's got kind of makes me think maybe he should be your F not field, but you know, the other one <laughs> hmm. golden locks. Kit golden show, locks. Dave. <laughs> it's not, it's not. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm market explicit. So this is perfect. Um, I'll have to completely agree with Dave again. We are just in the same, same wavelength. Hawkinson's a no go, man. After, Okay, one, I am a little salty because I experienced Hawkinson in three different leagues when he blow, blew up for 40-plus points, okay? And then he gave you a dud the next week against the Patriots. That's what you get with him. And, I mean, tight end has been a crapshoot, is a crapshoot this year, unless you pick Kelsey or Mark Andrews. But I think what I've seen from Njoku is that Cleveland, after giving him his, his extension... They are willing to scheme him in. I mean, he's been the most productive this year that I I feel like he has been his entire career, even with uh, Mr. Brissett. And I think his value is going to rise, so I'm going to marry him. And then I'm going to have to field trades for Goddard, who is on a hot team. And I think you could potentially uh, sell that to the um, Jalen Hurts owner. So, um, Scott, who you got? So before I... uh tell you guys my order uh dave was talking about these guys being tight end threes and throwaways for the record uh hawkinson is five overall goddard is six and njoku is seven so no matter what league what format you're in they should be starting on somebody's team uh if you don't have kelsey or andrews if you have one of these guys you're probably okay at the <laughs> tight end position uh i am going to make it Sucks. And even split between us. And I'm actually going to agree with Steven uh, for once in a, in a rare situation here. I am also marrying Goddard. I 100% agree with Steven. If you don't have Kelsey or Andrews, you're looking for a tight end that can give you a solid floor. Up until last week when he played the Cowboys, arguably and biasly the best defense that the Eagles have played so far this year, his floor has been 7.5, which is in week one that he's gotten at least nine fantasy points every week except for last week against the cowboys give me goddard marrying him i am going to field trades for injoku 
Um, he's been a surprise success at the tight end position, uh, especially week three on. So floor of at least seven points from week three on first couple weeks were a little rough. Uh, I do worry that when Watson comes back that uh, he might actually take a little bit of hit and value. Cause uh, I, I do think that Brissett maybe uses Njoku as a little bit of a safety valve. He also might just be a favorite target of Brissett. And I'd like to see how that dynamic between Watson and Njoku uh, shapes up once Watson gets back. I'm also killing Hawkinson, uh, just like everybody else. And uh, my reasoning is simple. 35.9 points week four, 1.1 week five. He's the Mike Williams of tight ends. You never know if it's going to be boom or bust. I, I don't like that. If uh, those are my three options, give me the other two. Dave, what do you got for your MFK options? You know, I just love how there seems to be more that unites us and divides us. We're all going to kill Hawkinson. Except yeah, for Steven, absolutely. who's taking him to the back room and doing things. I don't know. You talked about his hair. Um, so. Hey, I agree. It's really sweet that you and MJ are so cohesive right now. It's kind of like how close you guys are in our Dynasty League, sitting in the middle of the pack at 6-8. and eight. So it's really just all coming together. All right, bet, kid. All right, I'll see you in the hey, finals. And who's right between them at 7 that's tanking at 3-3? Three and three. Oh, Let's shut up, ride. Scott. You have like barely 600 <laughs> points after six weeks. Okay, You're just that guy. <laughs> Who stumbles into the playoffs oh, and no. everybody's confused why he's there. And they're like, oh, it's a pie. Wait, I but Scott. I'm smart Same enough thing. after six weeks to realize that in uh, Superflex with 10 rosters, I should have way more points than I have. And so I am selling assets for the future. I've, I've made that decision. I've, I've made my bed. Um, I'm looking forward to 2023 in Dynasty. So, yes, I, I won't be seven for long. I'm hopefully going to end up being 12. So I get that. Right. Bijan Robinson next year, baby. Oh, Jesus. You know most of the league, the Dynasty League, at least like half of them listen to this podcast. So they're all now going to yeah. be like, oh, I guess. I mean, wh- whoever has the first pick, it should be a no-brainer, like, if if we're being real. So I hope it's not me. Is it? Okay. Is it? We'll see. I mean, Probably Steven. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, um, <laughs> if not B. John, it's got to be a quarterback. <laughs> Dave, right, well, please. Back to Dave. Yes. All right. All right. So let's get back up and get the train on the tracks. So generally your podcast is, you know, it seems like about a half point PPR 10 man league is kind of what you're fam- what you're, what you're aiming for at your demographic. Fair. But you know, I'm or your 12. guest and the league that we're all in together is a dynasty super flex. Okay. Correct. Right. So dynasty super flex. So I decided to do my MFK. I want you to consider it for dynasty super flex. I don't want you to consider it redraft. No, let's go dynasty super flex. And Scott, you're going to be first because you're, you're my main motivation for this. Uh, for those of you who don't know Scott very well, when he drafts a player to his team, it's actually a lifelong commitment and it's a hundred percent. That's the only player that can score on that team or else it's vulturing. So <laughs> these are some players that Scott doesn't love plus one curveball in there. That's going to make this Dynasty Superflex kind of fun. First up, Adam Thielen. Scott wanted it. Scott got it. Delivered. Adam Thielen, Nicholas Chubb, and Russell Wilson. Oh, man. What options. Uh, and Dynasty Superflex. That's what makes it tough. Um, 
Yo, I'll straight up go with my kill to begin with, and that is Adam Thielen. He is the biggest vulture in fantasy football. If you have Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen is the bane of your existence. Uh, killing Thielen. Don't care what the format is. Um, yeah, he's a wide receiver. He's getting old. Uh, I mean, come on. Justin Jefferson needs to be getting all the tutties. Thielen, just, just go ride the bench. Get out of everybody's way, please. All right, Chubb and Russell Wilson. This is a little bit tougher because it's a super flex dynasty. I know he's been terrible this year, but I got to marry Russell Wilson. Uh, the quarterback position is just super valuable. Um, you, you need to start two every week. And uh, you know, yeah, Russell Wilson's been bad, but he gives you that value. Chubb, 26 years old getting up there as far as running back age goes uh he he uh maybe has two or three more peak years but if we're talking dynasty this long term uh i'm gonna fill trades for him i'm gonna i'm gonna sell high on nick chubb i thought i got whiplash from cocking my head back and forth because i thought this was such a good <laughs> me from dave without a question i'm taking nick chubb to marry bringing him to the altar i mean what a guy doesn't talk at all. He just does his job, gets the work done, and delivers on a week-to-week basis. I get that this is super flex. I get that it's dynasty. But from what I've seen in over a quarter of a season with Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver Broncos, hmm. I don't want to touch that shit. So put his ass on the bench. I say that. Maybe I'm going to fill trades for him. And uh, maybe he does have some value. So those listening – you know, let, let, let's talk about it. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll fill trades for Russell Wilson. Um, maybe get me, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not looking for draft picks. So maybe maybe get me a, a, some some bet, de, de, bet depth on my bench. Um, and I guess that leaves me killing with Adam Thielen. I don't hate him near as much as Scott because I think he's still just the dude that delivers, but he's getting up there in age. So just purely based on dynasty, I'm going to kill him. Uh, great. I'll go ahead and move on to mine. Now, I I do have to say, I because it is Superflex, okay, and I'm actually going to be a little bit more specific about this with values, okay? Russell Wilson is with the Broncos for the long term. There is no way with the two hundred plus million dollars that they're gonna they're gonna stray away from him being their quarterback. That being said, I'm go abs- going to absolutely marry him just because his value is nowhere near where it should be. So there's no way I'm fielding him. Of course, no way I'm killing him. I'm going to be fielding trades for Chubb. That completely changes now if I'm a contender. But if you're looking for value right now, it's the time that you say. 2023 first this is his best year of his career um i mean i'm calling now i mean he's break he's breaking all his personal bests and i'm gonna have to kill thielen who is voltron but i mean that minnesota vikings offense has just had for me a, it's been a roller coaster so i'm getting completely out of it so i you guys you know they're great picks um I, I think the one thing we missed about Thielen to talk about, I'm killing him too, obviously, but <laughs> since Dynasty Superflex, he's got to go. But Thielen is a touchdown machine. He Correct. He finds a way to be open in the end zone. Can't be open on the 50, 
wouldn't bother me open on the 35. But in the end zone, always open. It's a myth. We call it's that magical. We call that a vulture, a cherry picking vulture. All the work is done by Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, and Adam Thielen comes in to get the six point glory and steal it from the players that deserve it. For those and listening, Go ahead. Scott doesn't know what a vulture is, so please don't. Actually, if you pull up a uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary and you look at the definition of vulture, it gives you the example Adam Thielen there at the very end of the definition. He's been saying this joke all week, but don't worry. He wants to be a dad one day. He's working on his dad jokes. Let let it go. Just let it happen. Uh, (laughs) No, you know, as long as you only care about fantasy, Adam Thielen's a vulture. If you care about winning NFL games, Adam Thielen's a stud. So, Mm. unfortunately, I'm going to kill him. And it breaks my heart because MJ and I were just so in lockstep. But I'm going to marry Nick Chubb, man. He's okay. RB1 for the season. And there's there's certain players in fantasy that you get a soft spot for. And I had a you know blockbuster trade of CMC two years ago for Nick Chubb and Tyreek Hill. And Nick Chubb carried my fantasy team to a championship. And I just can't, I can't get over that. I'll, I'll never forget what he did for me. And so I'm going to marry Nick Chubb. And, you know, this sucks about Russ because you're not going to get your value for him. But I don't want people to, people who are listening, do not forget when Tom Brady came to the Buccaneers, they looked terrible in the beginning. It looked like the wires were crossed. Receivers weren't doing their job. Tom Brady was lost. Like, this is a big change. It's a different system different coach, different play calls, different wide receivers. They all have to learn this. And I do think Russ is going to rebound. And I think by the end of the season, the Broncos are going to be that team that deserves six primetime games in a row or whatever stupid amount the NFL gave them. Okay. But I'm going to, I'm going to sell hard. I'm going to pull a uh, shout out Gino, sell my player. He's so good, but I really want him to be on your team. So give me some good stuff (laughs) in, in return. I want to make two points to what Dave said here. First, uh, the Buccaneers were in a way worse division, and Tom Brady was able to turn around and take them to a Super Bowl. Uh, the Broncos aren't turning it around. There's no way they're going to contend with the Chiefs or the Chargers in the AFC West. Uh, second point here, we had another even split. MJ and I agreed across the board on this one. Dave and Steve uh, across the board on this one. Well, you know... Like I said, there's more that unites us and divides us. We're all killing Thielen, which sucks because I like him. He's a good guy. And awesome MFK picks, you guys. We'll go ahead, boot scoot boogie over to Steven with Jukebox. Steven, what you got for us this week? Juke. Let's get it, guys. All right, we got three popping songs for you, either hot on the charts, on the Billboard 100, and I'm going to lay them on you, give you a situation that's related to the song, and we will get to it. So first, we're going to start with Scott, and the song is Five Foot Nine by Tyler Hubbard. This is the first day that I've heard this song before. Um, it is a country song. I'm not a big fan of country music, but it's a solid tune. I'm not going to tell you to take a listen because I wouldn't listen to it again. But anyways, <laughs> it's uh, it's on the billboard. And the question for Scott is, which foursome, and I'm going to give you two foursomes, which foursome of short kings would you prefer to have on your team? 
And all eight of these guys are five foot nine. So again, I'm going to give you two sets of four and tell me which sets of four, which set of four you'd want to have on your team. So team one, you got Aaron Jones, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Naheem Hines, and Young Way Koo. So again, that's Aaron Jones, Marquise Brown, Naheem Hines, Young, hey, Young Way Koo. Team two, Kenneth Walker II, James Robinson, Khalil Herbert, Jake Elliott. And again, that's KW2, James Robinson, Khalil Herbert, Jake Elliott. Oh, man, they both lists started out so nice and then just kind of tapered off there with kickers at the end. Uh, I think I'm taking list two solely for Kenneth Walker the third. That's that's my only reasoning. Got it. Well, shout out to those short kings living under the six-foot life. Um, let's move on to MJ's song, which Bring is... It on. Betty, get money. Um, this is a song by Young Gravy. It's actually oh, a poppin' hit. Um, it uh, samples the tune "Never Gonna Give You Up" by Rick Astley. Um, so again, it's a bop. If you guys haven't heard it, take a listen. Um, MJ, it's mm-hmm. contract season, baby. Oh yes, it is. Get money. As we know, Lamar is still waiting on his payday. You have him in both redraft and dynasty, so we know you have a lot of love for this guy. Two questions for you. One, does he deserve to receive the highest guaranteed money in the NFL? And two, in redraft and or dynasty, is there any player you would trade straight up for Lamar with no questions asked? I'm going to answer number two because it's super easy. If I was, and I've thought about this a lot, actually. If I was offered Joshua Allen, straight up, absolutely easy. I mean, I mean, that's the first thing that pops in my head. Yes, sure. Dave is saying, sure. of course, but of course. I mean, <laughs> but I don't think I'd take anyone over them other than him. I mean, unless I could. Jonathan Taylor. Would Jonathan Taylor make you think about it? Uh, yes, it would make me think. Yes, Dave. <laughs> Dave is trying to push this Jonathan Taylor narrative. I, I will have to say yes. I will, I would think about it. Um, barring I could get a backup, a, a, you know, a reliable backup QB, right? Or a, a starter, excuse me. Now, does he deserve all that money? <sighs> he, <laughs> oh, my gosh. If he continues to play out as he has the first first couple weeks, now that he's getting more weapons, yes. I think he, he can it's absolutely possible he's to be the best player in this league. I mean, he's already beating a ton of Michael Vick's own rushing records. If, if he continues to play smart, play healthy and continue developing his pass. Yes. I think he would deserve that, that most expensive guaranteed contract. So you did say continue quite a bit. So you're saying right now it's looked rough. It's looked rough right there, man. Uh, one of the graphics I've seen is they've been, They've generated less than, uh, gosh, 20, 20, less than 20 some points in the fourth quarter. I mean, they've completely fizzled out the second half of most games. And I just don't trust their defense. It's still, they're having to pass too. I mean, it's just a lot of questions around the Baltimore Ravens as is. What about when you put the mark in perspective when you got Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray? Do you think he deserves more than those guys? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. 
So it's all, it's all about, it's all about the comparisons. I think in a vacuum probably agree, but I think when we put them up to the guys that have all the guaranteed money, maybe he does deserve it. But I mean, he's already done it. Right. And I mean, he's only the kids, the kids only 25. Right. So yep, absolutely. I love it. All right, Dave, last but not least, the song is Jimmy cooks by Drake. Take a listen. (laughs) It's decent. Um, again, the song Jimmy Cooks by Drake. So your question, James Cook had a fair amount of hype coming into the season. Some people, like Scott, had him overtaking Singletary, Devin Singletary by midseason, which could still happen. But with that said, in Dynasty, would you rather have James Cook or brother Dalvin Cook over the next three years? Okay, first, before I can answer this question truly, I'm going to need you to sing a few bars of this because I've never heard this song. So if you could just bust out a few bars. I wish no? I could drop the bars, but I do not know a single lyric. You don't know? How are you throwing this song out there if you don't know a single lyric? I'm just listening to the music, not the lyrics, man. You, you, just, you just saw it. Oh, Jimmy. Let's, let's talk about Jimmy. Um, that, okay, so... Uh, so how's this song make me feel? Well, it seems that I don't care about it and you don't care about it. So let's go with James Cook. <laughs> Is that the right cook? So or, no question. Well, I mean, honestly, Dalvin, it, that's what it is. But I was, I was trying <laughs> to forget about the song. Well, no, you. This is this. This is about the song, right? It's about how the song makes you feel. No, about the song's message. No, the song is just we the connection. We don't care about the song. I don't, I don't care about your feelings. <laughs> I'm, so, I don't care I'm just about making the connection. This is perfect, Dave. This is exactly what we need. The content we need, Dave. This is thank you. So this hurts me because it's uh, it's obviously Dalvin. It's not even close. Can I can I rewind like thirty seconds though? Because I actually have heard the song you threw to MJ and get money. It kind of like the way the song makes me feel is I really want to like the song mm. because it's like catchy. You know, every everybody likes everybody likes the song it's based on. So, but but at the end of the day, every time I hear the song, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm changing the station. I, I don't like the song. It's not it's not a good song. So that's Kareem Hunt, right? I like parts of Kareem Hunt, but at the end of the day, he's kind of like a bad person. And so I'm like, you know what? I don't I don't like this song. I'm gonna get rid of that. But like, you know, every time I see it in action. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember why I like this. And then like I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I remember I remember who this is. No, thank you. Dave out here <laughs> just making his own rules. So I guess well, shaving his own commish, The commish does what he wants, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that was a great lineup. And let's wrap it up with some fantasy flash. All right, our week six recap real quick. Fantasy Flash, we had Bears Commanders on Thursday Night Football, uh, and our bet was under 2.5 rushing touchdowns. We all went under, uh, and we all got that right. Uh, We had the Cowboys-Eagles Sunday Night Football uh, passing touchdowns, Hertz versus Rush, and it was two for Hertz, one for Rush. Steven and MJ got that right. I got that wrong. And then Judy... Uh, had more receiving yards than Williams on uh, Mike Williams on Monday Night Football. I got that right, and Steven and MJ got that wrong. So our current standings 
after the first six weeks. MJ is nine and six. Steven's eight and seven. I am seven and eight. And uh, from two weeks ago, our guests are still three and oh. And uh, Dave is hoping to make that six and oh after these picks for week seven. So our Thursday night football showdown, we have the Saints versus Cardinals. The question is more targets, Alave or Hopkins? Hopkins. Alave. That's obvious. MJ? Hopkins. I'm going to split. I'm going to go Alave as well. That's right, Scott. Uh, Sunday, the game I picked is the Colts versus Titans. More total fantasy points, Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry? I'm going with my boy, Jonathan Taylor. Let's go. Jeez. That's really tough, man. Why you That's why I that? picked it. <laughs> I, why you I picked tough ones, man. Pretty good one. Pretty good one. Um, Henry. Oh, dang it, MJ. I want to. I'm, I'm going to do it, Henry. Let's go. Six Let's and go zero. King. Yes. Well. Oh, wow! Three Henrys. Oh man, I, I hope JT just destroys. All right, Monday bad. night football. We got the Bears versus the Patriots. Uh, went with an over-under here. 2.5 turnovers. So fumble recoveries and picks, not turnovers on, on downs, just fumble recoveries and picks for the Patriots defense. Over-under, 2.5. This is under. a weird one, Scott. Under for me. Un- under? I'm, I'm also going under with MJ. Under. All right, so we're, so we, I, I think we're all going to go under. Can we move the line? Can we make it one point five? Oh, all right. Let's let's make it one point five to change Knock it up. Knock it down. I'll take over at one point five. I think they'll get. I, get, I, I want to go over because I was I was right at two. I was right at two. So I'm go. I'm changing to over as well. Under. Over. Okay. MJ sticking with under with his bears, and Steven oh. changes to over. All right. Wow. I. So I, I honestly, for that one, I looked at uh, Patriots turnovers from the first five weeks, and it was right around uh, one to two. So I picked one and a half. Um, yeah, but we'll. Uh, or I, I pick. Sorry, it was between two and three, so I picked two and a half. But we'll go with we'll go with one and a half since we all went under, and uh, MJ stuck with it. Cool, uh, MJ to wrap us up. Um, I just want to make another big and great thank you to Dave for joining us tonight i know it's late um but congratulations on on all your accomplishments this year and thank you so much for putting up this dynasty league in which we've all joined and um have gotten a chance to experience um dave do you have anything you want to say people you want to thank well i want to thank everybody but if there's something i want to say you know i thought this was the perfect piece of content for your podcast and so i still want to talk about it because mm-hmm. I, I heard something in the news this week that I found kind of offensive. But my second thought was like, oh, yeah, Scott would agree with this. Scott would be all for this. <laughs> and that's the breaking news about the Miami Dolphins stadium and how they've configured it. So one team is in 120 degree heat, direct sunlight, and the Dolphins are chilling in the 90s. And I, I think that's actually borderline dangerous. And the NFL should step in and make the Dolphins fix it. 
Um, mm. I can see Scott already. Scott, what, what do you got to say? What, how are you hundred percent love it? Hundred percent love it. There is such thing as home field advantage. It's you know more uh, prevalent in a sport like baseball, where the home team actually gets a bat last. Uh, but in football, I love it. If you're geographically positioned to be either super hot or super cold, and you can you know disadvantage the other team, all about it. The Packers get the stupid cold weather all the time and take advantage of teams. I know my my Cowboys always struggle when they're up playing in green bay uh so all about it uh you know bring some tents bring some fans let the dolphins have their home foot advantage that's all i just defended me and i knew scott would be for it because scott's soulless uh it's because he's a ginger not because you know any other reason so <laughs> no hey thanks for having me guys this was fun uh and you guys are fun to play with except for steven who takes all the good trades and then I'm left with the garbage that Gino sends over. And, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want that. So yeah. Shout, shout out to our third co-commish, uh, Gino with all his garbage trades. We, <laughs> we appreciate him. Keep him coming. We, we love laughing at him. Yeah. Listen, everybody gets a, a, a trash trade from Gino, right? It wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be a dynasty without Gino if, it, if we weren't getting these trash trades. It's a community STD, if you will. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, don't give it to Hawkinson, okay? I do have him <laughs> in one league, so just don't share that with him. <laughs> okay, Scott, that's, it. that's all I got. Yeah, yeah. Scott, you got anything to say, people? To yeah, th thanks again to our viewers. Uh, we, we got a little while with this one. Uh, we hope you enjoyed, and uh, we will uh, catch you next time. Steven? Yeah, thanks, Dave, for joining us. Appreciate the hate and just <laughs> bringing – bringing the the hard stuff to light and we love going at it so uh really enjoyed having you on and uh, yeah thanks everyone else for listening love doing this look forward to keeping it up and play some fantasy football great and thanks everybody again and once again this is what's your fantasy fantasy football podcast we'll see you guys next week Sweet, sweet fancy baby.